1: Good morning. Welcome to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services along with Trent Haston from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts. That was a take two. I'm catching a lot of heat in the studio. Everybody listening out there. I messed up the initial intro. I'm getting pointed at. So The show's going to start out like that. I didn't point at you. <laughs> TJ did. It hurt my feelings. Didn't point at you, boy. <laughs> he gave me that mean point. TJ's so mean.
2: Who caught the show last week? With Barrett McMullen. I see what you did there by using caught as your... Hey, your oh, fishing. man, I'm so witty. But, uh...
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Ocean Isle Fishing Centers. I, I mean, the, the reason why I hearken on last week's show is, is I, I'm fond of all of our shows and yeah. what we learn about our guests and how much fun we have. But, uh, I'm kind of on my... I didn't get to bring this up with Barrett because I didn't want to steal his thunder
1: on what I'm an expert at, is shark tooth hunting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so hopefully, maybe he maybe he has latched on to the show. Barrett, we have a new line of business for Ocean Isle Fishing I was going to ask him if they did that.
2: The reason why I'm asking is because, well, we just got back, uh, we had our had our family beach trip yeah, you, uh, yeah, that's right. to Surfside, and Surfside's in the last, South Myrtle Surfside has not been good shark-toothing in the last seven, eight, nine years. Uh, I think it used to be better. I don't know what changed in in how the shark teeth are washed up or the the aggregate is what you say. But but he's near Cherry Grove, which Cherry Grove is always one of the spots at top ten, I think, on the East Coast top sail beach we talked about that when we went there yep. last year a little bit north we're planning another trip to go out to visit uh this fall i mean strictly for shark tooth. but we're going down to disney next week and uh we're going to go a day early and i think we're going to go to tybee tybee island down in down in upstate georgia because the, the, outside the, of savannah it's supposed to know it's supposed to be known for really good shark tooth hunting and we're trying to line up a guide. I think we're a little late in the game, but they have these guides that take Are you, you fossil and shark teeth hunting. Trent straight Hasten,
1: up. chief shark tooth hunter. Well, and, and I bring this that's up because
2: I joke I've never found a way to monetize my – my. and listen, you don't – that's that's not good. Not everything has to Kid, be monetized. Kids listening, you don't need to monetize everything. I felt bad because when we were at top sale last year – uh I mean, it was a, it was a gold mine of shark's teeth. I mean, I was in heaven, and I was boom, 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 and had a, had a cup a cup of shark's teeth. Looked like I'd been doing pretty good, and a lot of <laughs> you know several people there are looking for him. And this kid comes up and starts up this conversation, like nine years old, ruined tree. He said, "Hey, what'd you find, Mister Dal?" Well, and his mom came over and she was with him, and this kid was me at nine. I promise you, this kid was me at <laughs> nine. And I said, yeah, I was joking with his mom. We talked for about 15 minutes. I said, you know, when I was was 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, I'd get up at 7 in the morning and walk the beach until dark, like literally looking for shot. I still do it. My wife's like, you got kids. What are you doing? (laughs) But uh, he said, I said something. I was joking with her. I said, yeah, you leave it to me to find something. that I'm finding these things that are worthless. And the, the, the poor guy was brokenhearted. He said. No sir these these they're not worthless these things are priceless And I said gotcha. I said you are right He is right So and they are we have a big jar at home uh, I didn't a lot of, a lot of looking this past week we probably found I
1: mean really small ones probably found a couple hundred which for no the, joke. which for the amount of time put in is very little Well no I mean it, we, it it's funny that you talk about that I, I have two questions first is how big was the kid's forehead if he was you at nine or ten years old. Oh, he was he was he was my son version with my wife with the poodle forehead. So all he right. was he was high, low and tight. Just checking, just making sure I want to make sure he was okay. you know, he was got the right thing going. He didn't it. have the wings flying. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? No, I'm joking. But the other thing I wanna say is that like you're right, it does take time. It's just like fishing we talked about last week. I mean, there's times you can go out and fish all day, catch nothing. There might be a day you go look for sharks all day yep. get nothing but that's part of the game and part of the the the, the I tell you what's really
2: cool it was really difficult to find them my girls are older they're they're uh 12 11 and and 10 right. uh or 12 11 and 9 and uh and and they know how to find them now not saying they all want to always look for them uh Tatum really likes looking for them and but but Ford. He's six, and and this kid's wild, and uh, <laughs> this is the first time he's really ever known like it, it like all came together. Yeah. kind of like kind of like my dad used to talk about guys in the construction business and trying to learn to estimate or trying to learn how to project manage, and I would get frustrated when I was young. He's never gonna get it, and Dad. Would say, hey, just keep 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 being impatient. One day it'll just it'll just happen. It'll just happen. And and this, this on this trip for uh Ford he enjoyed it unlike any other time
1: and he and he found him a couple. And he's six. Well, let's 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 talk about what you just said right there because you said something pretty pretty profound. And, and what we get to witness a lot in the positions that we're in is you're talking about the estimator that gets it. My f- most favorite thing in the world about what I do is when you have one of those like green guys that comes in and they're they're looking around the office and they're not really sure where to go, what to do, and they started one of our trades. And then it's like you just said, all of a sudden they just they get it. And they advance themselves and they walk around with a chip on their shoulder and pride. I mean, that's why we do what we do. Well, I'm going to tell you, if you come in our
2: business, any of our business lines with our culture and you put your head down and, 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 work. You, and you, you, you're you trying to learn a trade, you're trying to you want advancement, you want opportunity and, and you can't figure out in our system as open as we are. And is helping and willing to, to advance people. <laughs> well, I, if you if you can't move along in
1: our business, you might need to go do something else. Briefly, I'll tell the story real quick, but before we go to break, but that that I had a a, a new a new employee call me Friday at four thirty, and anytime I see that on my phone, I'm like, oh boy, something. Mm, this probably isn't going to be good news. But he, I answered the phone. He said, "Hey, I want to let you know that the three guys that you have me working with." I, I couldn't be any more happier in the trajectory. I see where my life going now before I started here is in a completely different. I mean, I, I almost was in tears. I was like, man, I mean, that's what it's all about. Trent. You're right. If we can get you know, anywhere, if you can find the right culture and you're willing to work. I mean, dang, the sky's the limit. It is. It is. Well, that's fun, man. I'm glad I could go
2: talk about Shark's Teeth. And yeah. You can take something prophetic or profound out of it. Uh, I don't know where that came from. But we have a fun guest. He's got a, a, a very similar accent to mine. Uh, I think he hails from the other side of the river. Um, <laughs> it's a pond. Ben Case, he, he was a professional golfer, has got a great story. came to Pfeiffer to play golf, and, and now he's in the real estate business, how we know him. When we return, you're
1: listening to At Home with Ruby. <laughs> Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services, along with Trent Haston from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts. If you missed the first segment, uh, go back, take a listen. Uh, Lots of informative information regarding the world of... What was your word last week? This week is profound. Last week it was percolate. Percolate. I'm going to... Change the word for this weekend. It's gonna be regulate. <laughs> regulate. Well, will see, Trent. I I get the word of the day and I try to use it. ten now I don't oh. I don't know why I do that, but right. uh, I'm trying to you know I'm trying to increase my vocabulary from a uh, more of a you know Southern Georgia to more of a Midwestern Georgia. <laughs> 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 nah, I'm joking. But uh, so before the break, Trent, you had mentioned uh, we have Ben Case as our guest, and Ben is uh was at one point destined to be the next Tiger Woods. And uh you had mentioned that the two of you share a similar accent, and he was from the other side of the river. and I corrected you he's from the other side of the pond. No, it's a river, I live on a river oh, okay, all right well, Ben, are you with us?
0: I am yeah, all
1: right well, <laughs> I'm sure your your i q has has dropped a couple of points listening to the first uh, couple of minutes of this segment but uh welcome to the show,
0: Ben. thank you
1: so, so Ben are you from Shelby? <laughs>
0: No, uh, I'm I'm not from Shelby. Uh, I originally originally grew up just outside of London, about an narrow way in a small rural part of England, and uh, and then moved over here when I was uh, when I was 20 to go to university.
2: 20, and you went. Uh, I th- I think I saw this. You, you came over here and went to Pfeiffer. You played golf at Pfeiffer. Is that correct?
0: I did. Yeah. This was like long before the time where you could uh, hop on the internet. Uh, or easily hop on the internet and look at colleges and figure out where you're going to go, so we'd get this ping book that would give you a list of all the universities in the country, and you just pretty much had to make a decision based on that
1: unbelievable so did you did you you ever really had a college visit I mean you just came here and showed up in the states and like, hey, how do I get to Pfeiffer?
0: No I did I came over here on a i came over here on a recruiting trip and okay I looked, uh, looked at a couple of universities and I just really loved North Carolina. So um, that was my Amen to that. mind moving here.
2: What made? let me ask you, coming coming from an hour outside of London, what made you like North
0: Carolina? Uh so I flew into Greensboro and it just you know, you've got those large oaks which is not too dissimilar from like the Kent from the Kent uh, the county of Kent in the UK. Um, you know you've got four seasons you're not too far from the coast you've got the mountains which those are those are not things that you you know the mountains are not necessarily um, something that I grew up with but you, you know there's a lot of variety here a ton of opportunity and, and Charlotte was you know was really growing a lot um, Meisenheimer wasn't but Charlotte was so there was always a chance for opportunity in the future.
1: Wow. No, I mean that's a, that's a that's a great perspective. And so uh not to not to age you, Ben, but what what year did you uh, <laughs> did you arrive in the United States? And everybody's got their calculators. Yeah.
0: On? Yeah, so I I arrived uh at the end of 99, and I graduated in 2003, I think. It's a long time ago so my memory's pretty pretty weak. Um but yeah, it's it, we we were lucky enough to play uh the old North State Club which is you uh, are a point and it's just an awesome Tom Fazio golf course so that was actually another huge selling point for oh, yeah. me was just having you know great facilities and a beautiful golf course to play
2: yeah I, I was fortunate enough when I was in college and I was a terrible golfer <laughs> but uh had a connection uh when I went to UNC Chapel Hill and we we would get to go play Old North State Club drive down about an hour and 30 minutes hour and 15 yeah. minutes and uh on the weekend, man, what a great golf course! Baden Lake is uh, is gorgeous, and, and I've, I've been fortunate enough to be able to play it a couple times here. Now that I do play more golf, uh, was that Pfeiffer's home course?
0: It was, yeah. We were really lucky, so we would play there every day. It was a <laughs> uh, it was a great place to play at college.
2: Wow! So so did you compete all four years in in college
0: golf? yeah i did we had a we had a strong team actually at one point we had all internationals so it was like a Ryder cup every week oh wow it was fun, it was fun for us anyway um so yeah we had a it was a it was a college that a lot of guys went over to from the uk because there was a guy by the name of Mike uh mark side who who won a huge english tournament um as an amateur and he was at Fife, so he in turn sort of brought a lot of us over
1: now, wow that that's that's pretty cool so, okay so we're we're in nineteen ninety nine Ben is uh across the pond he's at Pfeiffer University. who did you idolize at that time that was a professional golfer i know you you had mentioned to christian before the show that that uh you had your eyes on tiger woods um trying to yeah. trying to take him down well
0: no i, was, I mean no it's been very flippant like, i know i'm just i'm just playing. Uh, but um yeah, I think probably the Garcias of the world growing up were. You know, I played county golf um, with Justin Rose for a long time, which was which was fun. And he was a you know, great guy to play with, great teammate. And um, but but really Garcia, Garcia was like a, just a step above at that time and was just fun to watch and just, you know, just pure natural ability. I mean
1: Sergio Garcia back in that. I mean you know he was he was supposed to be the next Tiger Woods. Obviously you know he uh, he had some struggles with the major tournaments there, but uh, he 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 had that uh, you know that charisma. I think everybody he remembers, still has it still has it. Remembers you know his yeah. little jump, skip, run around the corner after he hit that crazy shot off the root. That was uh, that was pretty cool. I remember. Yeah, I... he's go ahead.
0: No, go on. After you.
2: I remember when Sergio would come to Charlotte and play in the Wachovia or the Wells Fargo. The talk of the town was going out and trying to trying to find him at a restaurant or something. Uh, nah, he was a fan favorite. I, I will say that. Uh, I mean, frankly, locally, probably as 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 big of a favorite as Tiger Woods, from what I remember. Uh, did you did you play professionally? Any? Did you ever get a chance to play any any local tournaments?
0: Yeah, I mean, if you, if you can call it that. <laughs> uh, I did. I played for about five years. Um, I turned professional just, so, just as I left, and then played for about five years, um, and um, played just well enough to get myself a job in real estate.
1: <laughs> there you go. So you jumped right into commercial real estate after those five years. Is that how that kind of went down?
0: <laughs> no, I didn't, actually. I, so I played for five years, and I, I played, you know, I did have some highlights, and um, um, and I, I kind of got to a point where I remember going on a booze cruise with my dad, um, when I went home, who was an accountant <clears throat> and he took, we went to, you know, we drive a van over to France and load up with wine and then drive it back to England. So we'd go through the tunnel. And from the beginning of that trip to the end of that trip, on the way there, I was convincing him as to why I was this close to, you know, to making millions and millions of dollars. And on the way back, he, he had pretty much convinced me that that wasn't the case and that it might be time to look for a job. So, uh, so at that point, I kind of had to think about next next steps. And, um, at the time I was playing a tour called the, uh, Tar Hill tour, yeah. which since then turned into the Eagle professional tour. And so, um, David Siegel, who was one of the owners with West Jones, um, well actually it was, it was with Paul Worthen before that invited me to, you know, come and come and work with him. He's a really good friend of mine. And so we, We worked together running golf tournaments for seven years, and then at that point, I uh, had my wife and I had our first son, and I was just travelling to sort of the same places every year, and I was missing out a lot. So I just decided that a transition was needed, and that was when I got into real estate. So that would have been 2015. So
2: you okay? So you play play. Worked at playing golf, uh, competitively after college for six years, and then you then you ran and were on the business side of running golf tournaments for for another seven years. I bet yeah. that was extremely educational. I, I mean, I know it's a, a, a tough life, but but you probably learned a ton of lessons doing that.
0: Yeah, it was it was really cool. We we um you yeah, know we we ran golf tournaments predominantly in the U.S., but um you know the a guy by the name of Wes Jones bought the tour, and when he bought the tour, it changed. It went from being fields of you know 40, 50 people to us running uh, events with <laughs> 247 people on two golf courses in one day, which is a is a you know is a serious feat. It's not easy, and they were playing for you know 250 to 300,000 dollars a week, where the purses before that were. I mean, my my. First professional win. I think I won five thousand dollars. So it changed pretty dramatically. Wow! Um, And that was like the heyday, and then um, then the PGA Tour came along and ruined it all.
2: Oh, hey, I want to I want to hear a little bit about that, Uh, Ben. We have to go pay some bills. Uh, Can you stick around another segment for us and let's continue the conversation? Sure. All right. You're listening to Ben Case on
1: At Home with Roby. When we return. Welcome back, to At home with Roby I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services, along with Trent Hayson from the Roby Family of Companies. We are your hosts. We are joined by Ben Case, Trent. We're going down memory lane for Ben, talking about his uh, his prior life in in college and pro golf, uh, and how he got over here from from the UK to the United States by way of Pfeiffer College. Um, uh, ben, I, I you know we were talking a little bit at the end there. Uh, about your, your your sort of your golfing experience and how you got into commercial real estate, I want to kind of go back to the golf for a second. Um, when when I, when I get a chance to talk to a guy like you, I, I think about so many people in, in the golfing world that you know they can shoot sixty eight or sixty nine. Not so many people. I don't know that many. But tell us, like, I mean, what? How good really are these guys that you see on Sundays that, that are that are winning tournaments? And what makes them sort of different from? You know, your, your average, your average club pro that, that might be able to drop a low number like that. But uh, I mean, what, what sort of, what's that it factor in, in your opinion?
0: I mean, I think it's just um, you know, it's 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 a few things. It's confidence uh, in yourself and your ability. It's um, and it's consistency. You know, most of these guys' stroke average is what seventy, so shooting sixty eight isn't necessarily going to change their handicap. So um, if you looked at it that way, so they're just consistently shooting good numbers. And I think the one thing I learned from the guys that separated themselves, like the sort of Brian Harmon's and Hudson Swafford's and those guys that are out there on tour was, you know, just their bounce back from a bad round. It never affected them. It, it, it was, it was uh, water off a duck's back. So they shoot 76 one day, the next day they go out and shoot 66 and they're playing at the weekend. Now, that's obviously playing developmental tour. On the PGA Tour, you're not shooting 76, 66 and playing at the weekend. But um, I think it's just, it's that. It's confidence with a scorecard in your hand and, you know, knowing that the next day is not reflective of what happens today.
1: Well, you know, you make a wonderful point there. It's the bounce back. And, and and really, that could be applied to the business world as well. I mean, you know, any time, we, we joke around, Trent, how many times we joke that we're in the last round with, of a fight with Mike Tyson. I mean, it's not how many times we'll get knocked down. It's that ability to keep, continue to get back up, get back up, get back up until you have that time where you're up and you start to win. Uh, and I mean, you, you make a great point. I mean, I. I, you watch like an amateur – I mean, Trent's a better golfer than me. It pains me <laughs> Pains me to say that, Ben. It really pains me to I'm say not, that. I'm not. I'm not a better golfer. He's got a little man. more experience now. He's kind of getting his <laughs> game going. And I, I used to be able to you know, eat his lunch, but now I want him, I'm scared to play with him because I, I probably have to bring a bigger billfold. But uh, but the deal is, is, is you, you're right. I mean, you watch guys get in their own heads, whether it's golf or, or, or life, when something bad happens, and, and it's sort of like you, you go to shutdown mode. And it's it's interesting to hear you say that that these true greats can can brush off a bad day or a bad moment, and then focus on the next opportunity and, and produce.
0: Yeah, and I think that so that interestingly enough has been something that I've taken with me um, into this role that I have now is that you know development is not an, is not an easy game that you you have way more losses than you have wins. So um, it's very much like golf. I mean, you may win only a handful of times during a year, if you have a good year, but the number of losses are tremendous. So you've got to be able to just brush them off and move on. And that's, I think it's a really, really helpful. has been a very helpful lesson for me.
2: Well, I, this is Trent, the, the, the worst golfer in the conversation. (laughs) Uh, I I play a lot of business golf and I'm not good. I I started playing (laughs) later in life, but I love golf. How it is an analogy for life. Uh, I love that, that you, you try to be a, a, a gentleman, or you know, you, yeah. you try to you try to follow the rules. You try to be respectful. You try to be positive. I learned real quick. It doesn't matter how good you are. You can play with anybody. Just move along. Don't hold the game up and be positive and have fun um, and respect the respect the rules of the course. Take care of the course. Respect the game. Um, and, and and then as I learn, it, it's fighting and, and and the struggles to to improve. And and when you have a bad day, you can't show it. You can't let it let it intimidate you uh right so i I mean i agree with you i will say relative to development and and real estate and uh and such there's there's not instant gratification and it's a long term churn and like you say you have many losses i talk about that you know when i was selling selling jobs i would sell a job celebrate you know sell a job celebrate now, man, you 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 find an achievement in a in a real estate deal, and it's just w- one check box along the way. And by the time you get the the deal done, you got you got more problems to deal with. So I, that resonates That's with it. me. What you just said. <laughs> so, do you still get to play? You do. You, we need to go play golf. Do you you play much no, now? I played.
0: I played with uh, Matt for the first time in for this year. Oh, so wow! I haven't. I know. I know. I, I want to play more. But, um, you know, Charlotte's not a particularly easy place to play golf. There's not too much. You know, It's very private. And COVID has made this very difficult because, you know, most clubs are not really having guests out or they weren't private clubs. Um, they have they've opened up recently, but I mean, it, it has been pretty shut off.
2: Yeah, yeah, Charlotte was shut down. Uh, yeah, nobody was allowing guests. I think now, I think now all that's changed and everybody's got back out, uh, and, and and allowing guests to come. But, uh, but yeah, I we'll have to go play sometime, but I do like how it is an analogy for life and business.
1: I mean, 100%. I mean, you really and you learn a lot about people on a golf course, don't you? I mean, you, you by your partner and sort of. What what makes them tick, I mean not just from the conversation, but just how they play. I mean you made a good point about hey, it's not about you. If you're if you're a, a weaker player, pick up your ball or move quicker down the course, don't hold up the other guys. Um, and you kinda can get that sense of, of sort of who's sort of about themselves and who's who's literally about somebody else or really caring about how the other person's doing. So there's, there's a lot to be taken away from it. That's right. Does
2: Scarlett play golf now, Patrick? No. How, how, ben, how about your? You have one son. You, that's when you transition I, no, your two, career.
0: Yeah, two boys, five and seven, uh, James and Hugo, and they are more interested in Pokemon and Beyblade, So I'm <laughs> trying not to. I'm trying not to pressure them, but it's it's difficult. I, I mean, I saw there were so many people I saw growing up that had their parents there every single step of the way and pressured them, and it, I'm trying hard not to do that. <laughs> I don't want to ruin it for them, you know. Did you learn the
1: game from your dad? Is that where how you got started? Say that again. I said, did you learn the game from your from your family, or how did you get started?
0: No, my, well, did my grandfather taught me um, taught me how to play, and he loved playing. You know, we loved playing golf together, and then from there, it, you know, became an obsession. Um, so uh, yeah, I, the game. I mean, the game's been great. It's got me all the way over here.
2: Yeah, my, grand, my grandfather uh, is patriarch of our business, uh, thir- two generations above me, and when I came out of college and, and was working you know, 14, 16 hours a day in the business, he would go golf with his old cronies, his old church buddies every Tuesday, and he generally had an opening, and he, he would b- bring me, and, and I, my dad's like, ha, 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 you got to go, and I'm like, man, at the time, I mean, I'm, I'm full of gusto, and I'm wanting to work all the time, and if... And if I took a day off during the day, I just had to work more at night, you know, to get yeah, the job done. Right. And I would complain to my dad, and he's, oh, you just do it." And I'd go out there, and he get so he was so proud of me, and he wanted me to be so
1: good, young whippersnapper. And I would struggle, yeah. and he'd say, "Suck
2: egg dog! I thought I raised you better
1: than this." Second show in a row, you quoted Art Williams. You just did it, <laughs> suck egg dog. No, you said just you just do it. Oh, you just do it, boy. And do it. It's something you just and do. do. It. Now, oh, uh, Ben, we're talking about a, a, a video that Trent shared years ago. That's kind of recirculated. It's by Art Williams, and the the video Check title is "Just Do It." We we need to post that somewhere on Facebook. But uh, uh, Ben, what other nuggets can you leave us with? So what What are some things that uh, that that you live by?
0: Um. Well, something I've learned since I came to this group that has been. I was really lucky. I was brought in by a friend of mine, who's one of the principals at the Durban group. And he gave me, um, he kind of gave me an opportunity to see all sides of the business and try and learn as much as is possible. So, you know, I think probably the one thing that I have taken from it is regardless of your comfort level, you know, it's, it's healthy to push yourself out there and um, it's the best way to learn. So the last, six years i've been fortunate enough to kind of learn enough to be able to make myself um you know a, a bit more valuable i suppose and um and so i've have, have learned a tremendous amount from the group i'm working with
2: how did, that that's, cool. that's and, cool and and you work with the Durban group you want to give uh you want to give give your company a plug how can people look you up ben
0: uh, so we've got we are separated into two companies we've got Durban development and the Durban group so the when the websites are you know just spelt exactly as uh, you know the Durban group dot com and um Development dot com
2: that's awesome man what a what a unique story uh I can't wait to hang out with you. We're glad to have you on this side of the, quote, pond, Patrick. Uh, <laughs> hey. And, uh, and and Godspeed to your family and Godspeed to your business, and, and thanks for sharing your story with us today, Ben.
0: Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. really appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. Thank you.
2: Yes.
1: You're listening to At Home with Roby. Welcome back, to at home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services, along with Trent Haston from the Roby Family of Companies. We are your host, Trent. We just finished up with Ben Case. Yep did a did a magical tour of what it's like to try to get into the PGA Tour. It sounds uh they got to be almost. I as bet good- Ben
2: is a really good golfer. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm gonna tell you that. I'm not running my mouth trying to play against him. I was kind of in my head. I had vision trying to have him on the same team. In in, in business in business I I play with a fair
2: amount of guys that played college golf or very successful and right. and tried to played a couple mini tours tried to get on a tour for five or six years and and now twenty years later they are really good golfers <laughs>
1: well no, no I mean it just shows to show you like I mean it's with any sport we talk about you and baseball and me and football like when you kind of see what it looks like at the next level oh. those guys are really good.
2: It's out of control.
1: Yeah, it's very humbling, very quickly. Uh, And and watching somebody that – the one thing about golf that I think is is just so amazing is, you know, you watch a guy play football or basketball. I mean, the athletic ability that they have is absolutely off the charts. But with golf, these pros and they're, they're good athletes in their own regard, they make it look so daggum easy. I mean, you watch you watch a pro golfer hit a shot, and it's so fluid and smooth that any old guy's like, "Oh, I, I can do that. I could, I could go out there and do that." But you can't. <laughs> I'm telling, I'm telling you. Uh, we,
2: I, I mentioned this earlier. We went on our family beach trip a couple weeks ago, and uh, Bo Byram, a good Riddick friend, Bo. he's been on the radio. Yeah. His family, you know, we we go to the beach. They come down. Uh, for, with us and uh stay with us and we always try to play one round of golf while we're down there and uh we went out and played and they paired us with uh, a single and he had his wife riding with him and this guy came out he looked like he's from the west side of charlotte he had tattoos on his legs yeah, and what kind of guy he he, he he uh we got along real well let me put it that way but uh we got on the first tee box, and we, we were talking, and, and we said, you want to play from the whites, you know, the middle tees or or the back tees? And he's like, oh, he was being kind of quiet because me and Bo were kind of leading the conversation. And, and I could tell. Bo's like, well, let's play from the whites because Bo hadn't played in a while. And uh, I could tell that the guy wanted to play, the, you know, was like, okay, I'll play the whites. And I was like, well, you want to play the blacks? We'll play the blacks. I played the back back tees, you know. but. Whatever. I'm I am what I am. I'll just hit the ball a couple more times. And uh, this guy and I said, what handicap are you? And he goes, uh, I'm about a, a five or a six. And I was like, "Ooh, you're really? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and, and he goes, well, you know, I'm not promising you anything. I mean, today I might be a lot more than that. And this guy was throwing missiles at the pin. I think
1: it was one over on the front nine Whoa. from the back tees. Whoa! Yeah. You know, there's not like a rule where you have to play the same tees as everybody else. We like, got. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but it, it
2: slows down the game I got, and, yeah. and and hurts the competition. But uh, we got uh we got on the second tee box after I had watched him play a par four, and I said, "You're legit." I you know I come across a lot of golfers. I say this all the time. I come across a lot of golfers. That uh that fudged fudge their handicap down and they fudge their handicap up and then I come a lot come across a lot of golfers that are pure. And, and what they what their handicap is, they're, they're you know they're they're a one or a two, which is really good. No, that's unbelievable. In my world, it's really good.
1: I always get accused of sandbagging. That's 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 my mo. Because I don't yeah, I don't play. That's why very you were wincing when I said that. Yeah, you, every, like every time you like, and
2: I play with somebody, they're like, he says he never plays. I'm like, no man, he played when he was young. He was a caddy when he was a kid. That doesn't mean I played,
1: but no, I mean, but I do get I get a lot of I get a lot of. It takes for that. you
2: generally about six holes, and then you're like right riding a bike again yeah you know if you're gonna if you're gonna win something off of patrick you better win it in the first five or six holes well what 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 he's
1: knocking rust off what i like about what ben said is is the difference between these these you know real not not that he wasn't like the pga style players is confidence and in golf it's how much of a mental game is it i mean it gets in your head if you start pushing the ball to the right and then you try to overdo it and then you're hitting it left and it's well, a difficult game. Well, it's confidence, and, and it's handling
2: adversity. And, right. and you're handling adversity in the moment and then over a round and then over a couple games, you know, over a week or so or a couple weeks, depending on how often you play. Uh, and, I mean, literally, I, I am improving. i I'm, I'm, I got a long way to go, and I'm not a good golfer. But but I had been improving really well, and this always happens in golf. I talk very openly about it. I have a couple really good rounds. Every time I tell my wife, I think I'm on to something. I mean, literally, I'm hitting right angles. You're breaking 110. No, I'm hitting out. right angles. Yeah. and uh, I was playing in this so weird in this league league out at Carolina, and and I won my first match. Beat, played well, beat beat somebody that's pretty good, and uh, and then my next match, and I had played the day before. And it, I was hitting right angles. And I, and all my buddies were like, oh, man, I want to hear how you do against this guy. And I was like, it's going to be terrible. And I told him straight up, I was like, you are about to beat the pants off of me. This is bad. And you said something earlier that made me feel good. It was all about how I carried myself because it really hurt hitting right angles <laughs> and getting beat that bad. I mean, I turned in my scorecard to the, to the Clip Pro Shop, and they're like, ooh. I see. Yeah, I said the wheels fell were off. you
1: dreaming of winter. What? There's a lot of snowmen what? on the this ne- card.
2: The next round, a couple weeks later, was at the beach with Bo, and, uh, and I and I got my mind together and I played a decent round and came along. So that's what uh, keeps you coming, right? That's right. Hey, we hope you had fun today. We hope you learned some cool things, life lessons, like the stories Ben Case uh, with the Durbin Group. Thanks for listening to At Home with Roby. Hey, go do the golden rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated and keep a smile on your face. Have a great Sunday.